Esther podcast is designed for Christian women who God has called to a career. Our goal is to identify the modern Esther in all women and to leave you feeling empowered with the mission to glorify God in your vocation. My name is Danielle, and welcome to the Modern Esther podcast. Um, I apologize that it's been a month since I've um, put a new podcast up. I have been sick, um, but I'm getting better, and I uh, thought that this was um, obviously a good time. I just think my body needed a little bit of a break. So thanks for bearing with me. Thanks for still tuning in. Um, So if you are new to listening uh, to The Modern Esther, um, I'll just catch you guys up. We are in the middle of studying Miriam, the sister of Moses. And um, we have talked about Miriam as a child. We talked about Miriam in this waiting period when Moses was exiled from Egypt and she's just kind of waiting and not really understanding her role and, um, you know, in the, the, the time that she was living in because it seemed like she was made and meant for so much more. And yet for a very extended period of time, she is still just a slave. So, um, this is, um, an interesting little episode. Um, it wasn't exactly where I thought it was going to go when I first started it, but I think that that's just an attribute to what the Lord is putting on my heart, and hopefully it does speak to you guys. Um, this is entitled, Just Keep Dancing. And um, and so where we're kind of picking up is when Moses does start returning. And so I would really encourage um, you guys to go back and read a lot of the book of Exodus. A lot of it is dealing with Moses. So we actually don't hear from Miriam again until Exodus uh, 15, but she's there through this whole entire period. So I thought I would give you like a brief recap of what's happening. Moses is um, has already married. He's working for his father-in-law um, in Midian and God has come to him through a burning bush and has said, you need to return to Egypt. He says this in Exodus 4, 21, the Lord said to Moses, when you return to Egypt, see that you perform before favor, all the wonders I have given you the power to do, but I will harden his heart so that he will not let the people go. And man, that is, that's a really intense scripture right there, especially about the hardening of Pharaoh's heart. I think I would love to do a breakout episode of, of the hardening of hearts because God really does harden a lot of people's hearts. But what's interesting is Moses is offering all kinds of excuses as to why he should not be the one chosen. Please, Lord, send someone else. And the Lord said that he is going to send Aaron with him. Now, if you guys remember, Aaron was Moses's brother, and so... It said when Moses finally got to Egypt that the Lord said to Aaron, go into the wilderness to meet Moses. So he met Moses at the mountain of God and kissed him. Then Moses told Aaron everything the Lord had sent to him to say and also about the signs that he had been commanded to perform. So this is, again, still in Exodus 4, just verse 27. Then at verse um, 29, we see it says Moses and Aaron brought together all the elders of Israelites, and Aaron told them everything the Lord had said to Moses. He also performed the signs before the people, and the people believed. So right now, 
we see that Moses and Aaron have become a tag team. Aaron has become the spokesperson because Moses apparently, I think, it is just perceived that he has a fear of public speaking, yet he is chosen by God um, because of his faith, which we definitely see in the later chapters of Exodus. So before they go to Pharaoh and approach Pharaoh, they approach the Israelites to gain their belief and their trust that God is behind them. And they believe. And then Exodus 7 through 11, we are able to see all of the miracles that Moses and Aaron are performing. And that comes in the form of the 10 plagues. And the first plague we see is water turned into blood. We see frogs as plague two. Three and four, we see that there's biting insects and wild animals. Five and six, there's livestock diseases and boils on their body. Seven, there's hail. Eight, there's locusts. Nine, there's darkness. And then for 10, we actually see the death of the firstborn and that becomes the Passover. Now, what's interesting to kind of understand is that the Israelites are not immune to any of these things. So they're going through the plagues with everybody else. The only one that they actually were kind of immune to was the one that was... um, the firstborn, if they put the blood over their door, they would not lose their firstborn. And if the, if there were Israelites that chose to not have faith and to not follow Moses and Aaron's lead as they were following God, then they too would suffer the death of their firstborn. So then after the death of the firstborn, Pharaoh says, okay, you can go. And then they're crossing the Red Sea and Pharaoh changes his mind. So he comes back out and he's like, oh, no, I changed my mind. And then we see kind of the fall of Pharaoh. So where we pick up with Miriam is in Exodus 15. And what we see is this song that her and Moses are singing. And I just wanted to read um, Exodus 15. It says, I will sing to the Lord for he is highly exalted. Both horse and driver he has hurled into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. He is my God and I will praise him. My father's God and I will exalt him. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his armies has hurled into the sea. The best of Pharaoh's officers are drowned in the Red Sea. The deep waters have covered them. They sink to the depths like a stone. Your right hand, Lord, was majestic in power. Your right hand, Lord, shattered the enemy. In the greatness of your majesty, you threw down those who opposed you. You unleashed your burning anger. It consumed them like stubble. By the blast of your nostrils, the waters piled up. The surging waters stood up like a wall. The deep waters congealed all the heart of the sea. The enemy boasted, I will pursue. I will overtake them. I will divide the spoils. I will gorge myself on them. I will draw my sword and my hand will destroy them. But you blew with your breath and the sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. Who among the gods is like you, Lord? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, working wonders? You stretch out your right hand and the earth swallows your enemies. In your unfailing love, you will lead the people you have redeemed. In your strength, you will guide them to your holy dwelling. The nations will hear and tremble. Anguish will grip the people of Philistine. The chiefs of Edom will be Terrified, the leaders of Moab will be seized with trembling. The people of Canaan will melt away. Terror and dread will all fall on them. By the power of your arm, they will be as still as stone until your people pass by, Lord, until the people you 
thoughts pass by. You will bring them in, plant them in the mountain of your inheritance, the place, Lord, you made your dwelling sanctuary. Lord, your hands established. The Lord reigns forever and ever. And I know that was kind of long, but um, we're going to talk in a couple of minutes about um, celebrating God and celebrating and his faithfulness and his provision and his redemption. And we see all of those things that they had been waiting for for years finally come to pass. And they are so grateful for not only his redeeming love, but also that they know that they're on the side of God and that anyone who comes against them will fall. And that is such an encouragement to all of us who are experiencing enemies um, just pe- certain people who are just constantly against or against us that don't like us for some reason or want to see us fail, that um, that it, because we are on God's side, because, because the Lord reigns forever and ever, as it says in verse 18, who can be against us? Who can be against us? So picking up in verse 19, when Pharaoh's horses, chariots, and horsemen went into the sea, the Lord brought out the waters of the sea back over them. But the Israelites walked through the sea on dry ground. Then Miriam, the prophet, important part, we're going to talk about the fact that it says prophet, Aaron's sister, took a timbrel in her hand or a tambourine, and all the women followed her with timbrels and dancing. Miriam sang to them, sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. Both horse, horse and driver he has hurled into the sea. And... That is when you actually see Miriam step up. You see her come into her own, and you see her leading women in song and dance, and you see that it is noted that in the, for the very first time that she is a prophet. And a prophet back then was whatever they said that the Lord said was to come true did. So she was extremely faithful. She was extremely um, uh, prayerful and discerning in what the will of God was. Um, and so we we see her blessed with that title of prophet. We also see that she, in later chapters in 35 and 36, when they are actually building the tabernacle, um, it says all of those who were skilled, this is verse 8 of chapter 36, all of those who were skilled among the workers made the tabernacle with tin curtains of finely twisted linen and blue, purple and scarlet yarn, with cherubim woven into them by expert hands. And so the expert hands of the time would have been the women who were always sewing and weaving. And so we see that Miriam, most likely because of her role that was already given to her at the exodus of Egypt, she was most likely given a very strong role in building the tabernacle. Even though it is not stated, that is just an inference um, from the expert hands. Um, and, and finally, we see her um, importance come into pass as it's mentioned in Mike. Micah 6, 4, it says, I brought you out of Egypt and redeemed you from the land of slavery. I sent Moses to lead you, also Aaron and Miriam. So that was a very important part um, that history reminds us that God even said it was not just Moses, it was not just Aaron who were the main leaders of the time, but it was also Miriam. So she was a very intricate part of all of the leadership, not just for the women, but for the men also, um, just indicated by this verse. And one scholar put it graciously, she was just a gift um, from God 
that it was a very important thing for you to see how privileged she was and how influential she was over the Israelites at that time. So just a couple of things to kind of take from this part of Miriam's life because it's about to take a rocky turn in the future. And um, it's important to really see her faith now. And so we see that she was called into leadership and she didn't back down. I think a lot of times, maybe for women, it's always a little bit... um, discouraging or scared or intimidating is probably the best word. If we feel like we're called into a leadership position, um, if we feel like we're called to start a Bible study, if we feel like we need to talk to someone about Jesus, that may not be something that a lot of women feel comfortable with. Now, if you do, that's amazing. I'm kind of on that side where I don't always get intimidated um, to back down. If God's called me into a leadership role, I think it's, for me, it's a lot of times of God, when are you not calling me? When do I need to step down and let someone else lead? And that is um, definitely talked about in scripture. But if you tend to be on the side where, man, he's really calling you and you just didn't feel like you have leadership instincts, um, don't back down because he sees something in you that is a leadership role and he will always give you exactly what you need when you need it. Um, we also see that she was a prophet and influential and she may or may not have realized that she was a prophet at that time. And she may not have realized how influential she was until she was praising God with her tambourine and all the women joined. Um, but I think you're never going to know how influential you are in a period of time until like you just take that leap of faith and do it and see what God is going to um, do with that faithfulness in him. Now, I'm not saying take that leap of faith and do it in your own will. That's very different. But if you take that leap of faith in you and you're doing it out of obedience to him, you will 100% of the time be blessed, 100% of the time be protected and 100% of the time be influential in his name. Um, The third thing that she does and, you know, kind of where she comes into the story again is that she celebrated. Um, She celebrated and she was grateful and she led, maybe she didn't lead the song, but she led the dancing. And my mom and I always joke, like when we die, um, she always says to me, you know, when I pass away, don't worry, when you come to join me, I'll be in the dancing room. And I've loved that. My whole family loves to dance. Um, And I still just randomly dance around the house when I'm sad or I need to get some extra energy out because I just think it's a beautiful way to make yourself happy and especially a beautiful way to glorify God. There are so many songs where you just need to dance and you need to dance in honoring God. Um, and so that we see this all, all throughout scripture, we see that David danced before the Lord. And here we see it um, with Miriam that she was leading in dancing and celebration. So that dancing is not only celebrating God, but being completely and 100% grateful for um, what God did at that time. And it just is a pure reflection of the attitude um, that they had. Um, And number four, you know, from this story is that we see for 50 years, Marian's probably about 50 at this age because it says that Moses was 40 when he entered um, 
Egypt again and the exile. So we believe that, or many believe that the plagues lasted under a year, probably a couple of months. And so that was still 40. He was still 40 when he exited, which made Miriam somewhere around 50. So for about 50 years, she's been in slavery and she's had to deal with all the hostility of the Egyptians. And now she's free. Um, that leads to that promise. Like it is mentioned in, um, Revelation 21, 4, he will wipe every tear from their eye. There will be no more death, no more mourning, no more crying, no more pain, for the older order of things has passed away. Now, this scripture is talking about heaven, but again, we will be dancing in heaven. Um, there was recently a, a viral video that went around. It was um, it's, and I would love for you guys to look it up on YouTube. It's called Pharrell Happy, and then it's Worldwide um, Compilation. And it is just people of all different cultures all around the world dancing to the song Happy. And it just reminds me of the verse in Psalm one eighteen twenty four that this is the day the Lord has made. Rejoice and be glad in it. Because if you're not dancing on earth and getting your rehearsal in, then how are you going to be able to dance in heaven? I always have imagined that the dancing room in heaven is going to be full of people all across the world of all different colors. They're going to be dancing their own cultural style. And we're all going to be dancing for one reason, because we are so grateful and so happy to celebrate in the Lord's presence. And I just think that um, it's a wonderful promise that Revelation gives us that the pain and suffering will end. Um, There's a quote Um, that I love that says life isn't about waiting for the storm to pass, but it's about learning to dance in the rain. Um, So maybe God is putting something on one of y'all's hearts to arise into that role you were made for, to be encouraged, to just know that he has you. He won't let you fail. He's created you for that leadership role or for that you know, inclination to start that Bible study or to talk about Jesus to that special friend or to just show the love of Christ in a unique way that you know what that is and only you can do it. But for those of you who are still waiting on God and you're still in that season of pain that Miriam and Aaron came from, just know that the storm will pass. But so will the moment to dance in the rain. So twirl your feet through the suffering, clap your hands in the waiting, and bob that head even when you don't see an end to the storm. For maybe all that dancing will distract you from all your pain and remind you of who it is you are really living for. God, I thank you so much for all of the many blessings you give us and that the seasons of pain really do end and that we are able to come to you and be grateful and to celebrate and that you love it when you see your children happy and you love it when we are dancing before you and praising you. And God, I am so excited to be able to do that in heaven with you and all of my brothers and sisters in Christ and that, um, that we don't need to wait to heaven to do that, God. Just remind us that we can do that right now, every day, and that, um, and that it's important to continue to praise you and love you even through our pain. God, please be with everybody who is um, trying to figure out 
if they need to step up into a specific um, role that you've called them into, whatever that may look like. And also just continue to be with those people who are just in that season of waiting. God, give them guidance and comfort. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you guys so much for joining me um, today. Um, I've really missed y'all. I've really missed um, doing this. Again, I apologize for the delay, but thanks for hanging in there. Um, We'll be back in two weeks, and we're going to be talking about um, Miriam's darker side. So it should be good, and it's a good reminder that we're all human. So um, until then, just um, have a wonderful week. 